Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Cosmos Country. On this week's episode, I will talk about the media conference call with Cosmos owner Rocco Camiso, and later in the show, UPSL Northeast manager Paul Lapointe will be a guest on this week's episode to discuss his plan for a new federation in the United States of America. So let's kick off the show by dissecting the quotes from the media conference call on March 1st with Rocco Camiso. He said that I do not have definite plans about anything other than what I am going to do in the next three months. So he's talking about the lawsuits. That's what he's worried about. He doesn't think too far like next season, next year, two years from now. He thinks in months. He thinks like every single day, every single week because soccer is short term. So you can't plan for four years from now and say, this is what we're going to do. It's not England. It's not... Italy, like you can't plan for the future. You can when your structure and your soccer pyramid is never going to change. But in America, things change every single day in U.S. soccer, in U.S. sports in general. So you really can't plan for a year, for two years. But I hope the Cosmos will be on the field in 2019. Rocco talked about the academy, talked about the NPSL squad, Cosmos B. He said that the next three months, we're going to continue the academy, which has about 60 people, and we're going to have the NPSL probably at Mitchell Field and some games at Columbia University in Manhattan. Beyond that, I have not defined the plans within my own head on what's going to happen to the Cosmos next year. End of story. Said some details on Cosmos B. Last year, they held a a trial at the end of March for the season. But most likely, uh, he did touch on that they will have some type of tryout. uh, But there's no coaches on board. There's nothing announced for the Cosmos B team as of yet. There is a schedule on the NPSL website. But uh, it hasn't been confirmed. It hasn't been um, announced from the Cosmos as a club announcement. So at the end of this conference call, and we will dissect this a lot more next week, at the end, Rocco said, I'm sorry for our players, I'm sorry for our front office, I'm sorry for our fans or anything that we haven't delivered on. It's a shame what's taking place, and we'll see what takes place next. So at the moment, it just seems like lawsuits, see where that goes, and hopefully within that time, we sort of consider in-house how can the Cosmos take the field in 2019? Is that in a new league? Is that in Division Zero with the Jacksonville Armada owner, Robert Palmer? 
Is that uh, the Cosmos may be joining the Canadian League? Is that even possible? Like what one media member said on the conference call, can the Cosmos join the Canadian Premier League? Can we join Liga Mekki? We have to be accepted by that federation. That's what Rocco said. So that seems difficult, but we are the New York Cosmos. We're not like a brand new team off the block. We're not brand new. So I don't think it's going to be that hard trying to sell that to someone. But I think what's more likely is probably the Cosmos joining the Canadian Soccer League or their their Premier League than the Cosmos joining the Mexican League um, because it's a brand new league. But I, I really don't think they will want us there. So for now, I would love to see the Cosmos play in a league sanctioned by U.S. Soccer. But then it comes to the point where Maybe Rocco doesn't want to feel the team because we're always going to get shut down. We're always going to be worked against. They're always going to work against us. And that's the problem. U.S. Soccer, MLS, they're going to do everything that they can to most likely shut down a league, shut down the Cosmos because we're competing with two New York teams, the Rebels and the NYCFC. So people might disagree with this and say, join USL. I have seen this on Twitter Join USL. What are you doing? Join USL. That's the only league that we can join. They don't want us. They do not want us. I believe Eric Stover said this on a podcast on Twitter. Eric Stover said USL does not want us. And MLS said that they're not going to have more than two teams in New York City. They don't want to have a third team. So where do the Cosmos go? That's the main question. For right now, we have a MPSL team. We don't know who will play on that team, if it's college players, if it's experienced players. We don't know. We really do not know as a fan base. We don't know what's up next. We don't know what's in the future, but all we can do is support Cosmos B, whoever is on the field, and uh, just stick behind the Cosmos. Like I said a couple weeks ago, the Cosmos brand stays around forever. If we play, if we don't play, we haven't played... I think it was 30, 40 years. We haven't played in 30 or 40 years before the reboot, before the modern era. And people still were in love with this club, still knew what it stand for. And that's the beauty of the Cosmos brand. You will never see that with NYCFC. If NYCFC goes out of business tomorrow, no one's going to be in love with it. Because it didn't change U.S. soccer. It was just another club doing the same thing. Being a franchise playing in Major League Soccer. But people need to understand that right now, everyone is against the New York Cosmos. The top management, the U.S. Soccer president, they don't like the NASL because we're going against the status quo. Because we don't have a place in the status quo league, in the status quo structure. So we're working with other like-minded people to change that so the Cosmos have a home and other stakeholders in the game that want to play independent soccer have a place to play where no one's going to shut them down. No one's going to make up rules saying that you need to have teams in certain areas, in certain time zones. You have to have certain teams in a certain year. So I truly believe as a Cosmo supporter, and this is just my opinion, right? I come on this podcast every single week and give my opinion. And everyone out there has a right to put out their own opinion on Twitter, on other social media platforms, on our website, 
on the comment section. You can email us, firstteampod, that is firstteampod at gmail.com. You have your right to voice your opinion or your frustration at my opinion, and we can have a discussion. Maybe I can read out your comments on the podcast next week, and I can actually take some time and actually discuss that and actually break it down and give my opinion on what you had to say. And there's people in the game right now that are making a lot of money and that uh, are benefiting from this closed structure. But this is not what Rocco is suing for. He's not suing for pro rel. He's just suing so we don't have the PLS, the professional league standards. But I truly believe that this is the right thing. And these lawsuits, if we do win them, if the NASL does win these lawsuits, we will see change in U.S. soccer and hopefully... Hopefully the main thing that if we do win these lawsuits, hopefully the Cosmos will be on the field in the next couple of years, 2019. Some people said that these lawsuits will not be expedited. What's the point of that? We don't have anything to shoot for. And that's my worry is that when we had the 2018 season to look forward to, it was like we need a decision. We need a decision as soon as possible. We need this to be expedited. And we got that. Okay, the appeal took a bit longer, but it came back as quick as possible. And we got rejected. Right? Sadly, we got rejected. But now, we don't have anything to look forward to. It's not like Rocco and the Cosmos are saying, Okay, we'll be on the field in some shape or form in 2019. Right? The NASL did release a statement saying that we will be on the field or we're trying to consider all options for 2019. But my worry is that we're not shooting for a certain year to play. And I know that might hurt the lawsuit because you might show people that there is a plan B. But as a supporter, we had 2018 and we can play there. Or we had something sort of to look forward to. Okay, the lawsuits, we win or we lose. We have 2018, but they cancel the season. But the point I'm trying to make is that now we don't have that. Now we don't have, we have to play this year. We have to play 2020. So this could take years and years to get a result from the court. What's the future of our New York Cosmos? That's the question I want to put out there right now. What's the future of our New York Cosmos? Is it to support Cosmos B for this season and see what happens in 2019 and then ask questions? Or do we ask questions now? Do we have these discussions? Do we have these debates today rather then wait until we get another result from the court. If that result is negative, if it's positive, is that when we ask questions? So we will talk about that next week for sure. We will break down the conference call quotes, some other interviews that Rocco did with other media outlets, uh, especially Sirius XM FC this morning. Uh, some great quotes from Rocco Camiso. We will talk about that next week with a guest we will bring on another Cosmo supporter and actually dissect what he said. What's the future of our New York Cosmos? What should we do as Cosmo supporters? Because I think this is the most important thing is that we're all here. We love the club. We love the Cosmos. We love the brand. We love everything about the New York Cosmos. New York is green in our hearts, in our minds. But we're not on the field in 2018. Will we be on the field in 2019? What do we have to do as supporters? to support the club that we love? Do we just support Cosmos B? Do we have more debates? Do we talk a lot more with supporters and bring like-minded people together? And I think FC Edmonton 
and their supporters, they're going to do something just like this. Their club got rid of their professional league operations, and their owner wants to see support. He wants to see, okay, I'm putting in this money, but where are the fans? Where are the sponsors? But we don't have that problem. We don't have that problem. Rocco Camiso has a lot of money. He said he doesn't care about spending it. The problem that we have is that we're being driven out of business. And people don't understand this on social media. We're being driven out of business. Out of business. No one wants us. We're being driven out of business. So up north, the Eddies, they have a problem where their owner, okay, he has the money, but he's not seeing the support for their team. But they're gathering, they're talking amongst other supporters, they're talking to other soccer people in Edmonton, other soccer fans, and they're saying, why don't you support FC Edmonton? We want our team back. Look at the games online. This was exciting. Why don't you be a part of it? So maybe that's what we have to do. We have to gather the like-minded people in the New York soccer community to get together, to support the Cosmos, to love the Cosmos, and to support whatever we see on the field in 2018 in 2019, hopefully we have a professional team on the field that we can really get behind. Because this summer, I can't think about not showing up to MCU Park, not going to Coney Island, not seeing the Cosmos in action. And there's a void there. But how do we fill that void? That's the most important question. We have a lot of questions that we want to ask supporters. How do we fill that void? Cosmos B. And the second one is, what do we do until the Cosmos are on the field? Do we back the Cosmos B? Do we back Rocco Camiso and his lawsuits? Um, Or do we ask questions? Do we ask questions to the people at the top at the New York Cosmos? So that's the questions to the listeners, the supporters of the New York Cosmos. You can tweet us at First Team Pod, Facebook First Team Pod. Instagram is at First Team Podcast. One, follow us there. Send in your thoughts, and our email is firstteampod, firstteampod at gmail.com. So you can send in all your thoughts, your answers to all those questions and what I had to say on this week's episode, and I will read them out, and I will talk with a Cosmo supporter next week about all of that. And I would love to introduce the UPSL Northeast manager, Paul Lapointe, and we will discuss his plan for a new Federation in the United States. There has been talk about this for a long time on social media. When Carlos Guadero won, it was like, we have to turn our attention. And this is not what Paul Aponte said, but this is what soccer fans on Twitter have said over the past couple of days and weeks. We need a new soccer federation. So we will hear Paul Aponte, UPSL Northeast manager, and his thoughts on that topic. I'm joined with the UPSL Northeast manager, Paul Aponte. How are you today, Paul? John out of Jersey, Thundercat. What's going on? <laughs> it's going good. Uh, so let's just talk yeah. about the plan that you have for a new federation in the United States. Uh, can you talk to the listeners about this plan? Because a lot of people have been calling for it when they saw that Carlos Cordero is the new U.S. soccer president, that some people were saying that there's not going to be change. I don't think there will be, right? But what is your plan for a new U.S. Soccer Federation? You know, first off, you know, congratulations to Carlos. Uh, you know, well-fought uh, campaign and, and uh, the rest of the group, number one. Uh, you know, number two, I mean, at this point, I'm really not considering mm-hmm. it to be called a federation, um, maybe an association. 
But the most important thing uh, for me was to finish uh, and create an, you know, create a uh, path for inclusion for me when I came out in uh, May of last year uh, and ran for the uh, presidency. You know, I finish what I start, and uh, those platforms were created amongst all the candidates uh, that had a lot of synergy with each other. And, and uh, you know, I'm at the point where, you know, I'm, I'm going to finish what I start. And, and what I started was uh, a, a plan or a program to insert promotion and relegation to uh, the leagues across this country and the league ownerships and, and uh, uh, adult teams, associations, and, and thereof. So, you know, it's more of a, uh, of a, of a closure um, or um, a path to move forward. So uh, having said that, you know, my vision was to collaborate all these folks together, look each other in the eye, like I said, in many interviews Mm -hmm. and work this thing out. Um, If the American soccer community at that time and now um, is pushing for this and it became a very big topic of discussion uh, over the past nine months and, and, and years previous, you know, it's, it's time to stop talking about it and, uh, you know, put uh, words into action. So pretty much that's what I'm doing. You know, my action plan at this point is not to be defiant um, or have access to grind with the Federation. It's an inclusion thereof, and we present it. And if we collaborate together, we knock on the USSF's door and Carlos and say, hey, this is the group we'd like to see happen in these ranks of soccer in the United States for women and men. Are you with us or are you not? And if you're not, then we have to move on and create other option or look at another option. So that's where we're at right now um, at this point. Um, but to go off and just say we're going to create another federation, you know, we have to show due diligence first to work together. And I think that's my goal is to prove um, I'm doing what I said I was to do, and that's present to the Federation first. If there's a denial uh, inside those castle walls, uh, then then obviously, you know, we're going to have to look at other options. So that's stage one uh, is, to, is mm-hmm. to present and collaborate with groups uh, to present and then go from there. Some people might be listening to this and saying, uh, U.S. soccer doesn't want to work with anyone. They want to worry about themselves, mm-hmm. right? So do you have that mindset, okay. or do you think they would want to work with everyone? Um, I'm the only candidate at this point mm-hmm. um, that is moving forward outside of the campaign. I mean, you know, like I said uh, earlier uh, in, in, a, uh, in some social media that, you know, hey, Carlos won. Uh, there's another guy, myself, uh, that is moving on, locked and loaded, and the other seven have fizzled out like a 4th of July sparkler. And um, so, you know, we, we need to finish this. And, you know, if I have to be that guy to, to, uh, to spearhead such a, such a thing, then so be it. And, um, you know, that, that's where I'm at right now. Remember, I represent a league as well in the United uh, Premier Soccer League that already has instituted, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, promotion and relegation and, and, you know, we're at 150 teams. So, it's moving on whether people uh, are realizing it or not. You were talking about the other candidates, and I found that really interesting, right? Because you have people who want to change U.S. soccer, who want to become the next U.S. soccer president, and yeah. they lose and they're out. 
and you're still in right. the game. You know what I mean? Like Eric Ronaldo, he's like, give up, move to another country. And it's like, well, no, I, I live here. You know what I mean? Like, I love the cosmos. Right. I want to see them survive and, and, and compete in this structure here in America. Well, I mean, I'm a little disappointed because I was one of the, you know, I was the only candidate that came out that, you know, actively supported another candidate during my own campaign. It was almost like I was running two campaigns, one for Winalda uh, with inclusion and then one for myself at the same time. So I'm a little disappointed. But again, um, I'm not the type um, to turn my back on something that I feel so passionate about that includes millions of people's lives. So, um yeah. Not to say that there hasn't been times in my life where, you know, being in business all these years where you build a relationship and then it doesn't work out and then you have to move on and go to, a, you know, go in a different direction. But we can't turn our backs uh, on uh, especially, you know, uh, the magnificent seven, as I call them. You know, you can't turn your back. If your voice was loud back in November or October or May of last year, then that same voice would be just as loud today, um, especially with. Uh, Carlos now uh, claiming he wants change and he and and, and uh, putting himself in a position to to work with the American soccer community a little bit more intricately than anybody has before. Um, you know, so if, like I said, if I'm the only guy that's going to knock on Carlos's door and say, "Hey, uh, remember that Lapointe guy?" and this is what my platform was, and 90% of the American soccer community's platform was, let's start talking about it, mm-hmm. um, and let's not talk about it again let's talk about it now and let's talk about what we're going to do about it um so yeah i'm a little disappointed on the on the uh, on, on the other candidates going a little dark on on the, on this but um hey we move forward and and uh and, th- and that's what needs to be done we have to move forward uh yeah. for the voice of the majority uh that went through this whole process the last nine months and either we move forward or, or there's got to be some closure so who will be included? Everyone, um, professional teams, amateur teams, semi-pro teams. You know, I'm I'm the type of guy that you know when you talk when you use the word transparency transparency mm-hmm. in a lot of the subject matters and sectors that we talked about uh, over these uh, past months is there has to be a time where you have to include everything because think about the subject we talked about months ago, you and I as well when we did our first interview together. We talked about pay to play and we talked about pro rel we talked mm-hmm. about women's equality we talked about the nasl getting chopped off at the block with a guillotine halfway through a season and why um, we talked about um women's open we talked about so many things we have to include all these people we talked about media uh i opened up a can of worms uh months ago on uh one little uh segment that i mentioned you know does uh certain uh sectors in the media tarnish the sport and soccer and it was a frenzy um, of, yeah. oh, my God, why are we talking about the media now? So, you know what? It's time for somebody to come out and look every se- sector that contributes to American soccer in this country, invite them to the party, and let them speak. And that's pretty much where I'm at right now, creating somewhat of a summit, um, because that's the transparency thing that I'm talking about. Is uh, we can't. Um, I'd love to be able to just go back in an office, create this system, and then present it, and then try to have and try to convince people to drink that Kool-Aid. It's not going to happen anymore. We need to develop synergy, and um, that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. I, I want a summit with all these people um, that are welcome to come 
and air their thoughts because there's a lot of gifted people out here that have a lot to say that can contribute yeah. uh, to, to American soccer, and we need to include them. Yeah, that's the most important part is that within the current U.S. Soccer Federation um, structure, there's people that are doing things in their own community with their teams or with youth teams, and they don't have a voice in U.S. soccer. But maybe through this association, you're giving people their time to talk, right? So that's very important. Well, I mean, you know, there's division within division, and there's division. And, um, yeah. you know, a lot of people, a lot of soccer officials, and even affiliations, even uh, charity groups and things that do um, a lot for soccer, um, like you say, still feel like, ah, I'm just going to throw my hands up and, and do my own thing. But at the end of the day, I still belong to the United States Soccer Federation as an affiliate or as a member. But um, that's all I have to um, to brag about at the end of the day is that, hey, I can say that I'm a member, but am I really working with the federation that cares about me as much as I do them? Yeah, so getting back to the association, say uh, Cordero says, no, Paul, we don't want to work with you. How would that work? Well, this whole situation has to be driven uh-huh. by the people um, that are in uh, these uh, positions. So it's very easy. Um, it's John Garber. It's Alec Papadakis. It's Jan Squara. Mm-hmm. It's Joe Barone. It is, I mean, NISA hasn't kicked the ball yet, and I've seen the proposals that NISA has, yeah. um, which, needs, which needs a lot of, uh, which needs a lot of improvement because it's still kind of that, um, you know, one-way system type thing, even though it's, it's not presented that way, but it is. Um, Peter Wilt. And that has to be done first. Those are the, those are the key factors, w- along with Carlos and Flynn, and you sit in the room and present Pro-Rel and try to get the job done. If it can't get done, then obviously we're going to have to take a look at the majority who wants to and move on from that point. But to show uh, good faith, goodwill first, and inclusion, those are the folks that need to be considered in a meeting. Mm-hmm. Then we take it to the next stage. So the next stage would be trying to get the member leagues under U.S. Soccer on board with your project? Well, then, yeah, then the next step would be a collaboration with mm-hmm. uh, Do We Agree? Uh, do we agree that we want, uh, you know, Major League Soccer, USL, NASL, if it survives the day, uh, UPSL, NPSL, PDL, um, the whole scale to agree that let's create the system. And then, obviously, there's going to be the business side of it, you know, agree to a shared business plan. And then the question is, can all these, all these leagues survive with a separate business plan, but yet come together as a group? Um, so yeah, invite all the league officials to meet, um, execute a, a pro rel association system and bylaws, agree to a shared business plan, uh, create a, create the tiered system amongst each other, uh, agree to all the rules and regulations and standards first if that's denied we have no choice but to move on then it's going to be then there is the fight that people are talking about let's go to you know let's fight the federation and let's you know let's create another federation but before that even has to happen we have to try to work together first i don't think it's been done yet i don't think all the guys that i just mentioned uh and the women that might be associated with some of those leagues as, as higher officials within those leagues i don't think they've all sat in a room together and address the American soccer's uh, community willingness for promotion and re- relegation. Um, mm-hmm. 
So that that has to be done first because that's a good faith movement. Um, if that doesn't happen and if there's denial, or nobody wants to show up for a meeting, what is our choices anyway? Uh, we can't stay on Twitter. We can't <laughs> keep on talking about these things on podcasts. We can't be, okay. mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Mr. Camiso can't be um, madder than a hornet with no wings, um, just ranting and raving. Let's let's get it together and, and see where we stand uh, first. Then we can start talking about uh, what's the next action plan and what's the next move. But I think um, I'm going to know real quick because I emailed out these league officials that I just mentioned personally to show up to a summit in a meeting. If mm. they don't respond, the message is going to be loud and clear. Then the castle walls are larger than just Major League Soccer. They're, uh, they're in the other leagues as well, and, and nobody wants to talk to each other, and nobody wants to move, and everybody's going to build their own sandbox, and that's it. That's the message that's going to be delivered. Um, if I don't get responses to a you know league official summit to finally talk to each other about this, then we're going to know where we stand pretty quick, right? I just would like to get some clarity on um, your association, right? So will the leagues be sanctioned by this association or will they be under U.S. soccer but just agreeing to terms within this association all working together? Well, my presentation mm-hmm. at this point is going to have to be the United States Soccer Federation. That's if yeah. I'm even included in the process. This has to be cited by the group. Mm-hmm. If the group creates an association that goes to the federation and says, we want this association to be affiliated. Let's take a look at futsal, U.S. futsal right now. Yeah. Uh, Alex Power runs that organization. It's a total separate organization from U.S. soccer. Um, it does not have true sanctioning through the federation because it's futsal, number one, because um, we can't san- sanction two sports in the same body. So, But they have an affiliation which has benefits to the federation. Um, so the whatever's created amongst the owners – to insert promotion and relegation as a group has to be presented, obviously, as an association first and get an affiliation, even though there's still Major League Soccer, UPSL, MPSL, PDL, USL, and present that first. If the federation denies that, we're at checkmate again, then what do we do? So it mm-hmm. all starts with the ownership league officials coming together to really define and decide how it's going to be uh, uh you know, taken, whether it's approved or whether it's denied. But step one, get them to agree to pro-rel under one umbrella, um, then present either it's a governing body or an association. doesn't really matter, but we need, to, we need to work with the United States Soccer Federation first. The denial process happens, like I said, option two. And I, I do believe that there are rival leagues in every single um, uh, tier, right? So in professional soccer and right. amateur soccer and semi-pro soccer, but the whole key is to get everyone together and to talk? Well, that's what's been, that's been the biggest question is Major League Soccer with a $150 million franchise fee. Um, why should they allow a team in the UPSL that pays $4,500 to be able to uh, promote all the way up through if, the, if any one of those teams get to that point and then share the benefits thereof of that tier? So the tier, uh, the, the groups have to agree together of separate of what they're already doing so we're not stepping on each other's business plan. And it's going to take a lot of red tape. It's going to take a lot of legal. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot of advice and consulting, but it can be done. Like you said, there's leagues in this in this world that operate separate but belong to a pr- promotion or relegation system 
uh, even though they are separate on a daily basis. Yeah, so lastly, Paul, I just want to get your thoughts um, on the NASL canceling the 2018 season. I know you played in the league or played with the Cosmos or tried out with them. I believe that's what you said last time we talked. Yeah, I had tried out with them mm-hmm. back in 1982 and, uh, along with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And, uh, um, and then I was with the Albany Capitals a little bit uh, back, in, uh, back in the day. But, um, you know, I'm disappointed on that. And, and um, you know, it could be a strategic move. Um, Obviously, um, I'm a little confused of with the success of uh, of Rocco um, owning the Cosmos and financially uh, stable as as an individual with what he's accomplished in his life. That obviously he just didn't take a path and just say, you know, I'm going to create this and keep this thing moving, um, and maybe look at the NASL's business plan a little different and just move on. But I think there was obviously. Uh, you know, if, if the Division Two sanctioning was definitely not uh, reversed, or um, there wasn't a day where they could move forward with that sanctioning, uh, that you know it affected a lot of things for them. So, obviously, he finished what he started, and says, "If we don't get Division Two, then yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, th- this is where we need to go." So, I'm disappointed, though. I, I think that um, I think it happened too fast. I think that it should have been. I think the NHL should have considered. Um, a little bit more time to, to regroup and, and, and find out maybe a possible different way. Pretty much what I'm doing now, lost to the, um, didn't make it through the election. Does that mean that I go dormant and go dark? So I don't know, but, but uh, Rocco's pretty, uh, pretty vocal right now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> so um, just one last thing. I know I said this one was the last thing, but uh, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, the Jacksonville Armada owner, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's going through with this Division Zero. His name was Robert Palmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did you talk mm-hmm. to him, or did you see anything about that that interested you? Well, you know, I did get. Um, I started having some uh, uh, conversations and some synergy with the American Soccer United project because mm-hmm. um, we want to be careful that you know we're not preaching the same thing and creating division before it even happens. But uh, again, um, I was invited to go to this summit, but their most their most focus is is on clubs. Yeah, and trying to rally te- rally teams together under the bed sheets before they go and talk to the actual league owners. I think league owners really take it uh, to heart, and maybe I get a little disgruntled when somebody either like myself or or another organization comes in and, and starts trying to drum up teams within within their league without getting notice of it. So uh, I'm cautious about that. That's why it's very important that we go to league owners and officials first. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we, we've had some synergy. I was invited to go. I couldn't make it because I was traveling, um, you know, Arizona and Massachusetts. So, uh, but I'm excited about what they're doing. Um, but it was kind of like an invite, uh, personal invite type thing. And their their focus is on trying to attract clubs to come in, where I'm more focused on trying to trying to get the league owners to talk. Yeah, and yeah. They, they, those are two different worlds. Yeah, so you don't want to bring clubs together. You want to bring leagues together so we actually have a proper structure. You know what I mean? Well, think about it. I mean, you've got, you got to go with the path, path of least resistance as a businessman. We have the UPSL at over 150 teams. You have the NPSL with 90. You have the Major League Soccer banking on the 22 to 24 teams, plus the women's side of the game in, both, in some of these leagues, plus all the amateur leagues that are uh, in states and regions why wouldn't you go to the head of the official of those leagues and say, bring the whole juice. It takes a lot of work to collaborate so many teams together rather than individually try to just 
convince each team owner in this country, whether they're in the smallest ranks to the largest ranks, to come to a drawing table. So, you know, I think it's a quicker process. Um, I do that on an everyday basis, trying to get teams to join the UPSL. I mean, where do you go? I mean, there's so many teams playing across this country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. the league owners have to agree um, because those team owners that belong to those leagues have agreed and signed on to that vision. Yeah. Um, and and you have to respect that. I mean, these league owners are intelligent soccer people. As much as we may agree to disagree with some of the decisions they make, uh, you know, Garber included. I mean, we're, we're at a we're at a successful point in American soccer. I've said it before: is American soccer is not broken. It's it, it it needs needs new software. It needs needs a reboot. So this is part of that process. Yeah, and are you looking forward, Paul, to the first season, the UPSL Northeast Conference? Yeah, we're very excited. I mean, I worked my tail off uh, <laughs> from last year to now to get 15 teams to crank out, crank out of the Northeast. And, uh, you know, it's just some of these team owners are, are really, really passionate about what they're doing. And, um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you're starting to see that, um, you know, those rivalries, uh, in those communities that nobody heard about, you know, five to 10 years ago. And all of a sudden these teams are winning, uh, awards for the best logo, the best, um, shields, uh, people are chatting all over the place on social media. I mean, think about where we're at right now. So it's going to be an exciting, uh, uh, season. I think for soccer in general, at all levels, I think journalists and media folks, podcasters like yourself, I mean, this is, there's going to be a lot of coverage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're disappointed we're not in the World Cup side of it, in the in the largest stages of soccer in the world. Um, but maybe that's a blessing in disguise because, like I've said before as well, amateur soccer carries uh, the weight of U.S. soccer on its shoulders. So the attention span for the amateur side of soccer, I think it's fair to say thank you, and maybe let's give some some more attention to this sector rather than always professional and always national. Yeah, and that's just end on this note right here is that the power is in the lower divisions, right? The power is in amateur soccer, right? One hundred percent. So that's where the change can happen. We just have to go support it, cover it, maybe create your own clubs and and be a part of that and create that change. Yeah, no question. I mean, the old story: ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. If we um, spend a lot of time, uh, you know, preventing soccer in these lower ranks to to be as as a, as a success factor as a major league soccer team, well, guess what? It, it's you look at Detroit City. Um, I mean, five years ago, where was Detroit City? Um, look at them now. There's smoke bombs in the stadium. I mean, there's people marching down the street during the opening ceremonies to get to the stadium. I mean, it's uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. It's exciting, uh, and this is where we need to celebrate and stop talking about everything we went through the past 15 to 20 years. We need to celebrate now. And, and but, but what are we going to do about now? Uh, like I, I, I know I say it a lot. Like I've said before, the American soccer community is pushing us to make these decisions as soccer leaders in this country. We have no choice but to address it. Thanks, Paul. The point for coming on the show, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, once again, um, I'm live 24-7. Uh, and you guys, I'm honored to talk to you always. And... Um, Hey, we're going to move forward um, until we're told not to. Thanks to Paul Appointed for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, at First Team Pod, Instagram, First Team Podcast One. Follow us there because over this time of not having a team, we want to bring everyone together. We want everyone to stay in the loop of all the news, the interviews that we're going to have because we are really going to cover U.S. soccer, cover this whole situation with the lawsuits in depth, 100%. So I want everyone to be there. I want to have discussions because I really want to hear Cosmo supporters' opinions. And this is where we're needed, right? When the Cosmos were playing, you showed up, you supported the team, and it, it just felt like normal, right? Just going to, to support your team, that was the normal thing to do. Now your team's not there. We're not playing in 2018. It doesn't feel right. What do we do? We have to stick together, and that's the most important thing. So thanks to everyone for tuning into this week's show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. As always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout-out to the five points. The Borough Boys, the Benadel Cosmos, and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York's green and white. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them, I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it is the rap from the state attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts, tap, we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, holding back, stand through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Effects you grow down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you with bad views. Like shouting cues aloud to you without them dudes. Around my crews, I'll track the past, no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it, the work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.